the impact upon the one voice, the woman at the well, sharing with her community and the community coming and saying, now we believe, not because solely of what you have said, but now we have heard his words. And I find that's how it is for us as well. We share the gospel with someone, they receive Christ, but then as they receive Christ, the Lord takes a greater hold. It's not just because of your testimony any longer that they believe. It's because of the work that God is doing in that individual's heart. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. We're going to see in our message today, White for the Harvest. So we find in verses 39 through 42 that many believed. I'll read it for the context. Verse 39. And many of the Samaritans of the city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. And they said to the woman, now we believe not because of what you said, for we have heard ourselves and know that This is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. I love that. The woman's testimony, she went into the city. This woman that probably didn't have the greatest reputation, remember, divorced five times, currently living with the guy. She had given up on marriage, that's my opinion. And she comes in and talks to the men of the city. There could have been five divorced husbands there, part of that crew. Maybe some other guys that she had dated before. There she was saying, come and see the man who's told me everything that I've ever done before. And they came. And often we find that all we need to do is to share the story of how Jesus has impacted our life. And for this woman, ultimately the whole city was impacted with the gospel of Jesus Christ. The woman at the well, her connection point was Jesus's revelation of her life and also of his Messiahship. She had two things. He had told me everything that I've ever done before, and he claims to be the Messiah. Could this be the Christ? So often, it only takes one voice of faith to spread the seed of faith to others. All we have to do is share to have a great impact And a great impact they had indeed. So the Samaritans 
had come to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two more days, and many more believed because of the words of Jesus. Now, not just because of the testimony of the woman, but because of the words of Jesus. It had to mean so much to the Samaritans who, remember a couple of weeks ago, I shared that when Jews normally traveled from Jerusalem to the Galilee, the Galilee being a a county, we might say a region, they avoided the Samaritans. They went out of their way. They actually crossed over. Jerusalem is on the west side of the Jordan River. And so the Jews customarily would cross over the Jordan to the east side travel northward when they passed the Samaritan territory, then they would cross back over to the east side that they could go to the Galilee. They went a great distance out of their way to avoid coming through the Samaritan territory. But Jesus needed to go through Samaria. He had a mission that nobody else perceived among his group at that time. And as he came to the Samaritans, witnessing to one who witnessed to her city and then spending two days with them, the impact upon the one voice, the woman at the well, sharing with her community and the community coming and saying, now we believe, not because solely of what you have said, but now we have heard his words. And I find that's how it is for us as well. We share the gospel with someone, they receive Christ, but then... As they receive Christ, the Lord takes a greater hold. It's not just because of your testimony any longer that they believe. It's because of the work that God is doing in that individual's heart. And truly, we need to get the focus off ourselves and the focus on Jesus at all times. And you know, we don't have to travel to a foreign country to share the gospel. Sometimes all we have to do is look around at the unreached areas around us in our own community, areas where the church has no great impact or is not represented. Sometimes all we need to do is show up, meet the needs, but not meet the needs with the social gospel, but with the true gospel that saves faith through Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 2, 1 and 2 tells us, And I, brethren, when I came to you, I did not come with excellence of speech, nor of wisdom declaring to you, the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Christ and him crucified. You don't have to hold a Bible degree to share Christ with others. All you have to do sometimes is tell your story of how Christ has impacted your life. Paul, even having that great degree and knowledge and learning, he said, when I came to the people of Corinth, he said, I I came without the excellence of speech, without the wisdom to declare to you the testimony of God. The only thing I wanted to present to you was Christ and him crucified. The Lord's death, burial, and resurrection. Through that is salvation. So they believed and knew, verse 42. Not because they said of the woman's testimony, but now we have heard for ourselves, and now we know indeed that He is the Christ, the Savior of the world. You know, the Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we are the ones who have been called to share. Sometimes they can't hear unless we share the gospel. 
Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We have to share the gospel, God's word, and God's truth. Our personal faith journey can inspire others to search out Jesus for themselves. That is what was happening for the woman at the well. She shared her story. They came and heard Jesus for themselves, and they believed. They said, not because of your story, but now because we have heard him. And that's how it is over and over again. People hear a challenge from someone who is a believer. They too become saved. But now it's not based upon the uh, believer who challenged them toward their salvation. Now their salvation is based upon God's word and God's work in their own lives. Now we believe not because of what you have said, but we have heard ourselves. And we know that Christ is the Savior of the world. Back in John chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, it tells us there was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that through him many might believe. And the Lord has sent us to be witnesses. And the testimony of one can change the lives and hearts of multitudes. Sometimes we just have to be challenged to be the voice that the Lord has called us to. And so the second miracle, as we close this out in verses 43 through 54, again, reading the context. Now, after two days, Jesus departed from there and went to Galilee. For Jesus himself testified that a prophet is no, has no honor in his own country. So when he came to Galilee, the Galileans received him having seen all the things that he did in Jerusalem at the feast, for they also had gone to the feast. So Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee, where he had made water, wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick in Capernaum. When he had heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him, implored Jesus to come down to heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then Jesus said to him, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. And the nobleman said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. And Jesus said to him, go your way, your son lives. And so the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he went his way. And as he was going down, so traveling from Cana to Capernaum, his servants met him and told him, your son lives. And he inquired, verse 52 of them, he inquired of them the hour when he got better. And they said to him yesterday at this seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was the same hour that he spoke with Jesus. Your son lives, Jesus said. And he himself believed in his whole household. This again is the second sign that Jesus did when he had come out of Judea into Galilee. So as we close out the chapter, we find the second miracle that John recorded for us. He records seven miracles. And this is the second of the seven that he records for us. He, he testifies Jesus did many other miracles. But these seven stood out to the apostle John. So after his two-day detour in Samaria, after removing himself from ground zero in Jerusalem, there at the temple, he finally arrives in the region of the Galilee. And the Galileans receive him 
although not all receive him. The Bible tells us that a prophet has no honor in his country. Verse 44 reminds us, which is written in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, of the words that Jesus spoke in his hometown of Nazareth in Mark 6, 4. A prophet has no honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, in his own house. But I believe Jesus spoke these words. Some say it was spoken of Nazareth, but it seems to be connected to his rejection that was beginning to take place in Jerusalem. He left because it was getting a little hot there and uh, his hour had not yet come. It seems to be referring to his leaving Jerusalem at this time. As we learn in John 4, verses 1 and 3, the Lord knew that the Pharisees heard that Jesus made him baptize more than the disciples of John, although Jesus did not baptize but his disciples. He left Judea and departed to the Galilee, but he needed to go through Samaria. Although rejected in Jerusalem and also at Nazareth, Jesus initially found acceptance among the other towns and villages of the Galilee. Here in Cana, where he had turned water into wine, he shows up again. And there was a father waiting for him there. Jesus came in verses 46 through 49 to Canaan of Galilee, where he had made the water into wine. And there was a certain nobleman. He'd come from Capernaum. It's about 20 to 25 miles uh, northeast. I always try to get my map direction in my head right. Um, on the upper side of the Sea of Galilee. And so he traveled some 20 to 25 miles. I know for us, 20 to 25 miles is not a big deal today. They didn't have cars back then. You guys know that. He may have walked. In fact, we find that when he left Canaan and his servants found him, it was the following day. So he didn't make the journey in one day. It took a couple of days uh, to get there. He found Jesus. He had heard of the miracles, not just the turning water into wine, but Jesus had did miraculous works that John had not yet recorded for us. And there had been people who had been healed. And he finds Jesus. He was without hope, this father. All he could do is cry out to Jesus for his son. In John 12, 36, it tells us, but although he had done many signs before them, they did not believe. People rejected these signs. But Jesus performed these miracles, and there were some who, who came like this nobleman. And he cried out to Jesus. He begged for his son's life. Sometimes I fear that we give up too soon. We don't pray it through, as some uh, used to say in the church. And you've got to have prevailing prayer. It means you've got to pray until you get the answer. Paul, Silas, and Timothy you know, so often in our prayer life, we have more of an out-of-sight, out-of-mind prayer life. But Paul, Silas, and Timothy, when they were writing to the believers in Thessalonica in 2 Thessalonians 1.3, they said, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly, and the love of every one of you has a bound toward each other. He said, we're bound to give thanks to God for you. We can't help but pray for you guys. They pleaded the case. And so Jesus spoke to him, verses 50 through 53. 
where I titled this little section, Believing is Seeing. He said, go your way, your son lives. So the Lord had reprimanded the people, unless you see the miracles, you by no means will believe. And then he says to the father, and all the father could do was to cry out to Jesus. And Jesus said, go your way, your son lives. He challenged this man to take a step of faith. He didn't have a cell phone to call. Hey, how's our, how's our boy? Oh, he's, he's better? Okay, I'm coming home. He couldn't do that. All he could do is walk out in faith. It would take, in his mind, maybe two days to get there. Fortunately, the servants found him on the very next day. And they said, your son lives. And I, I love it. He said, when did he get better? They said, yesterday at the seventh hour. At the seventh hour, that's when I was talking with Jesus. He connected it to Jesus. Sometimes people get healed. And they've been praying to Jesus to heal them. They get healed, and then they proclaim the healing to something else. They forget about the work that Jesus did. I don't want to be a person who forgets about the work that Jesus has done in my life. I want to always remember those events of how he has come in at those hours and worked. They had to step out in faith. He had to believe and walk. And, and sometimes believing is seeing. You know, we have the saying, seeing is believing, right? We want to see it, and then I'll believe. In fact, we find that in the gospel, someone saying that. Show me. We have a whole state that's represented by those words. Show me. But sometimes, in order for us to see, we have to go forth. Like the centurion soldier of Capernaum who came to Jesus in Matthew 8.13. And Jesus saying to the centurion, go your way. As you have believed, let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. Or like the Phoenician woman in Tyre and Sidon who came to Jesus and begged for her daughter's life in Mark 7.29. And Jesus said to her, for this saying, go your way, the demon has gone out from your daughter. They had to just walk by faith like Joshua when crossing the Jordan River in Joshua chapter 3, verses 7 through 8. I'll let you guys read that later, but Joshua was commanded at the springtime when the Jordan was at flood stage. This is how I want you guys to cross over the Lord speaking to Joshua. I want the priests to go forth. I want them to carry the Ark of the Covenant. And when their feet touch the water, the way will be provided for you. The feet of the priests, they had to get their feet wet. Some people would sit on the shore and say, well, let's wait until the water goes down. It could take a couple of months. We'll just have to wait. All they had to do is step out in faith and God provided the answer. And sometimes we lack in the stepping out in faith. And the Lord promised to stop the flow of the river and it would stand up in a heap, allow the people to pass over, not a muddy, knee-deep uh, riverbed, but on dry ground. But the priests had to get their feet wet first. And not only did they have to get their feet wet, they had to go out to the middle of the riverbank and they stand there, not the riverbank, but the bed of the river. And they had to stand until all the people crossed over. They believed that that was two million people. Can you imagine how long you had to stand in one spot thinking, 
I don't know if they could see the wall of water standing there. That would even make it worse, right? You see the wall of water on one side and the river dry on the other. And you're thinking, that could come crashing down at any moment. Just let me get by. Come on, people, let's go, let's go, directing them across the water or the dry land at that point. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we walk by faith and not by sight. And as the father made his long journey home, thankfully the servants found him on the very next day and he made this inquiry. When did the healing take place? Yesterday at the seventh hour. And he knew that it was Jesus and he went home. And not only did he believe, but the Bible tells us his whole family believed in Jesus at that point. John tells us that this is the second miracle, second sign he records for us. The seven miracles that John records for us, I'm going to repeat them every time we come to one. I'm going to repeat them all. I'm going to get them rehearsed in our heads. The first one is the water into wine, John chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. The second, the healing of the nobleman's son, John chapter 4, verses 46 through 54. The third is a man who is healed from a 38-year infirmity. John chapter 5, verses 1 through 15, next week's study. The fourth is the feeding of the 5,000, John chapter 6, verses 5 through 14. The fifth, walking on water, John chapter 6, verses 16 through 21. The sixth, the healing of a man born blind, John chapter 9, verses 1 through 12. And the seventh, the raising of Lazarus. John 11, verses 1 through 45, that whole chapter. Last week, we had a radio listener visit us, and she's been listening to the radio ministry for a year. She shared with me that it was the expo that we worked in the springtime. For a while, not too many people were coming around, and I'm saying to Lily, I should be at church preaching. She goes, no, you're right where you should be. She goes, besides, everybody who's in church is at church already. The people who don't go to church, they're right here. (laughs) And it's not that this lady doesn't go to church. She has a home church. But she discovered WLGS. Sometimes we need to inquire. See, we can inquire to know that, hey, last year at the expo, there was fruit there. Sometimes if we don't inquire, we don't know. And by inquiring, we can be encouraged, saying, Lord, I think you want us to do the expo again this year. By the way, it is scheduled, not at Lakes High School, but at Plumbie or however they say that. Yeah, Um, different school, different time, end of uh, April, but there can be fruit there. John talked about these seven signs, and he said in John 20, 30, and 31, and I'll probably repeat this every time I repeat the seven signs in the Gospel of John. Truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life. And I ask the question, how do you live your life? Is it by seeing is believing, or is it by believing is seeing? Taking those steps of faith. I think sometimes we've got to take the step of faith to see what the Lord will do with it. And I've taken a number of those steps in my life, and I hope to take a number more. Just step out in faith and see what God does. 
and the great work that he can do among us as well. Father, I thank you for your word and for what you've taught us today through the story of the Samaritan woman, how she shared her testimony of just simply saying to her, uh, her townspeople, come and see a man who have told me everything that I've ever done. Could this be the Christ? Because she was willing to share that simple message. The whole community came to faith in Jesus Christ. And they said, we know, not because of your words, but because of his words, that he is the Savior of the world. Help us be a people, Lord, who are willing to share. Help us also to be a people, Lord, who are willing to step out in faith. But Lord, only when you are guiding us, may we take those steps of faith that we might see and be part of that great harvest that is there. Sometimes, Lord, we may be those who are sowing. Sometimes, Lord, we may be those who are harvesting. But Lord, whether sowing or reaping, let us be those who are sowing and reaping unto eternal life. In the day and age that we live in as well, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's stand and worship. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today.